and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we have a super amazing guest for you, Dana Peicher, who is an international motivational speaker, a hypnotherapist and author. She specializes in chronic illness, weight loss and trauma and works with people from around the world to help them overcome underlying emotional issues that have created or aggravated physical distress. As a TEDx speaker, she is widely known for unearthing the root correlation between trauma and disease, creating ultimate and lasting healing. You see, our minds and bodies already know how to heal. They simply need a bit of guidance. Our lives are a product of past beliefs and programming. We've all had experiences that shape the way that we think, behave and feel the way that we do. All it takes is some redirection to overcome whatever pattern you want to dissolve. So, how do you even begin to dissolve these patterns? Well, through hypnotherapy, neuro-linguistic programming. Through communicating directly to the unconscious mind where we are able to tap into the root of every unproductive belief, allowing for powerful and effective healing. This proactive method gets to the core issue in a safe and effective way. You can think or say that you want something, but your mind must be on board. Are you ready to transform your life? Well then, it's time for you to tap into Dana Peicher. Enjoy. Today we have a very special guest for you all the way from Tel Aviv. We have Dana Peicher from the Transformation Clinic. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you so much for having me. Mm, so we're having a bit of a, a, a chat and we're actually having a conversation about matcha tea, how much we are in love with matcha tea. <laughs> and I have just found out you can yeah. actually do a latte with matcha, which I had no idea. <laughs> It's my new secret. It's my new secret sauce for starting the morning mm. on the right, uh, uh, beautiful energy. Yes. Mm, it looked delicious. So Donna, for our listeners, let's unpack Donna. Tell us your story. Wonderful. I'm very happy to be here and I'm very happy to share with you and um, your audience today. And essentially the story goes like this. A number of years ago, I was... Um, in a near fatal car accident and it was the most unpleasant time in my life to put it uh that way and what happened was basically 
I was uh, smashed into while I was sitting in a parking lot. I was just kind of minding my own business. I wasn't even driving. And it was a bit of a freak accident. A car came over four lanes of traffic at 80 miles per hour and just went into this parking lot, hit me, and then I did a number of flips, landed upside down basically for 45 minutes until they could cut me out. The firefighters came, and as a result, you know, um, there was, of course, a lot of physical damage to my body, but the more so damaging part was the mental and emotional body. I developed PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and as a result, I really needed help. And I sought out help by conventional therapy. And ultimately, although she was a very nice woman, we connected really nicely, it didn't really move me much. There wasn't um, a lot of good feelings. You know, I, I was just kind of stuck in my in my mind and in, in my accident. So I decided to move on. And as a result, I, I met a woman really beautifully and luckily, and I'm very blessed to have met this woman who was a trauma therapist. I met this woman by way of a woman, another woman who said she would not have survived cancer were it not for working with her. So I said, this is my lady, sign me up. And I went to see her and really within the first session, she, she struck me as a woman that I, I really thought I would like. And she also said a couple things that I was like, eh, not so interested in basically to the extent that she's alternative. She does hypnosis and, and stuff like that. And in that moment, I was not, I, I had no really idea about any of this world. So I said, you know, let's maybe start and then, you know, but that type of stuff I'm not so interested in. So eventually, basically within the, the seventh time of working with her, I, I really connected to her. I really thought she was very advanced and forward thinking. And I was like, you know what? This woman probably has an idea of what's going on. So within the first session of working with hypnotic work, um, which is what I do now, specializing in trauma and illness, within the first session of working with her, I left feeling as if something shifted. And then really within a month and a half, basically all my PTSD was cleared. The next month, my depression and the next month, my anxiety. So within three months, very quickly, I was, um, my, my vitality, my, my, my life was uh, a bit, not a bit, a lot put back together and I was able to kind of thrive again and live again. So that's the, the beginning of the story. Mm. So, and this was done through hypnosis. Correct. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yes, hypnosis, um, it was done through beautiful hypnotic work. And at the time when it was being done, it's interesting. I remember leaving her office every time and being like, I have no idea what you're doing. Whatever you're doing, it's working. Let's continue. I love it. You know, now I look back and I have a full understanding of what was going on. But at that time, I was just kind of thinking she was um, speaking to me in this very interesting, funny way. And I didn't really get the concept, yet I just would leave feeling better. I just was always surprised that, okay, whatever she's doing, whatever. Mm. <laughs> I feel good. So, yeah, now I obviously have a better understanding. So for our listeners, because I'm sure they're sitting there being very curious, because we have, uh, I think we have had a speaker some time ago that was talking about trauma, then different levels of trauma, 
but not about hypnosis. And I guess for our listeners, talk us through a little bit what is hypnosis and what is expected from a session uh, for those that have never experienced it. Sure. Well, one of my biggest advocacies is that if hypnosis can work, because hypnosis is quite well known for quitting smoking and weight loss. And if it's if it can work, if you can, within a session, quit cigarettes. If you can quit an addiction, that's actually cigarettes are probably one of the harder addictions to quit, even more difficult than hard drugs oftentimes. And if you can do these things within this modality, then why is it not more well known that you can work with depression, you can work with anxious feelings, you can even work with physical ailments with the mind in this way? Why is that not more well known? So one of my biggest advocacies is that we should know that there are techniques, there are hypnotic techniques, and they take the form of actually a number of different modalities, but there are hypnotic techniques that you can work with the mind and you can really um, upgrade it. You can, you can kind of clean it up, clear it out, and another one of my biggest advocacies lately is that if we upgrade so many things in our life, our technology, our look, just so many things that we go through life. And as we get a bit older and, and all that stuff, why are we never, why is it never taught to us how to, as an individual, upgrade our thoughts, upgrade our emotions, upgrade our energetic patterns? So that's another advocacy of mine now is just actually literally teaching everyone, everyone and anyone to kind of just work with themselves you know, daily here and there or periodically. So what happens, um, so again, my specialty is trauma and disease, actually, how trauma can come up in the body, unresolved emotional situations that are just stuck as this loop in the mind and the subconscious mind can eventually come up as disease. And that's, that's another little twist to my story about um, how after my accident, I, I had chronic fatigue before the accident. I was a young girl. I was 18 years old. I went to every single doctor and they all told me it was in my head and that I was stressed and depressed. And in reality, I was like, I don't think so. You know, I'm, I'm 18. And, and now looking back, there were some, there were some signs. I was a sensitive kid. I had a great childhood. I can't tell you I, I didn't have a good childhood. And a lot of people actually think that they have to justify the fact that um, they have anxiety or depression with trauma, you know, they think trauma has to be this big, big thing. But I think life in general can create experiences and situations that are just there, that are kind of just sitting there, rather than and creating these these heavier feelings. So basically within the work itself, I, I like to do regression therapy. That's what I'm most known for. And it's really just going into the childhood um, and going into these situations that are directly linked to the way you feel today. I like to bring up the feeling in the moment and kind of channel back through that feeling and allowing for the foundational situations, the foundational moments, maybe three, four or five memories that are holding that energetic pattern clear that up, bring it to the surface and really clean it out, release it. And then after doing that, the brain will know how to get back to feeling good. The brain is just, you know, the most brilliant computer. And all I really do is I go to the origin of where the, let's say the software bugs are, clean them up. And then the brain will, will bring it back to full healing. 
So what I'm hearing, is it very similar to timeline therapy where you go back to the mm-hmm. root cause of the incident and then you actually um, uh, draw out the incident, I guess. And I guess you can give it a different meaning by, you know, if you look at it now and take the learnings from it uh, and look at it from a different point of view with, uh, you know, who you are today, that can shift mm-hmm. um the whole, I guess, the whole pattern or the program, is that similar to what you do? Completely, yes. Timeline therapy and regression therapy, they're very similar. I think there's maybe tiny little nuances, but that is the idea. The idea is as we are um, becoming older and older, we can kind of rationalize and recognize that these situations that happened in the past, they were colored and they had emotional charge. And that emotional charge we just bring with us and we carry with us. Yet in reality, if you can kind of get back to the origin, get back to the source, we can bring that to light. And really, another awareness I have, um, and that I'm a big advocate for, is that all ailments, addictions, trauma, disease, all those things, if you can even look with a little bit of a spiritual mind, they're the stepping stones to, to when you overcome them, you become closer to your essence. And I think a big part of the spiritual game of life is to really, really um, overcome your base nature to become more and more connected to your essence and become more and more connected to um, enlightenment, I guess you would call it. So a lot of what trauma and these these stumbling blocks are, and um, it might be kind of a weird way to think about it, but sometimes all the time now, actually, when people come to me with these issues, I look at it as, as a beautiful turning point of a lot of what hypnotic work is. So for example, if someone has an addiction and, <clears throat> excuse me, if someone has an addiction, oftentimes time will heal. You know, they'll, they'll have something happen to them where they hit rock bottom or there's a breakdown and all of a sudden you, they, they, they declare it's over. They're not going to continue with this addiction A lot of what hypnotic work is, which is interesting, it's kind of like a shortcut into the process where it's a smooth, kind of graceful way to tap into earlier pain in a way that you feel it's kind of like a birdie looking down into it. It's it's the hypnotic work in and of itself feels very serene, very calm. It's actually a quite beautiful process. And instead of having to repeat the pain over and over and over again until you're literally just sick of it, you have to leave the addiction or, or have that time period, it's a way to kind of tap in um, in an easier, more graceful way to kind of bring whatever needs to be brought to light to kind of have a shift in awareness and a ascension in consciousness, actually, which is my latest awareness. Mm, I love that because I, I'm also a true believer that sometimes when we, uh, well, as for me, the type of coaching that I do, I help move forward. And sometimes it's good to tap into uh, some of those root causes, as you explain. And the way that you described it is just, it was, I felt like I was being hypnotized as you were saying it, to be honest. I, felt, <laughs> I feel a bit blissful right now. Uh, but it's, it's about tapping into it, but not like you're saying, to have an, uh, a bird's eye view rather than going yes. dropping into that uh, emotion. Right. And, and I think sometimes, it, you know, different, different, different techniques, uh, different, different um, uh, therapists, sometimes they take you there. And I think that, you know, I know I have some friends that, that you know, see therapists and, 
they still talk about the same problem and it's because they're, yeah. they're stuck in that root cause and they're not being pulled out of it to that piece of where they need to move forward like take the lessons and then move forward with it and um and I I love that um what are your thoughts around self-hypnosis so I'm an advocate I'm an advocate of um a hundred percent of any type of any type of beautiful work with the mind and I think that you know even if you have like a recording or anything like that and you bring, well, we'll start like this. I think our lifestyle these days is not conducive to how humans should live. We're hyper-stressed. We're very stimulated. We're overwhelmed. Just day-to-day life. So even if you could have 10, 20 minutes of some sort of meditative break or hypnotic break, um, cause a lot of hypnosis can be guided meditation. You know, there's, a, um, the spectrum of hypnotic work. So meditation and hypnosis, they're, they're like sisters. I look at them as sisters, you know, meditation is basically clearing the mind, uh, maybe having on the breath or a certain mantra where you just kind of tap into that and you just allow your sympathetic nervous system, which is fight or flight to kind of relax and go into parasympathetic, which is rest and repair. I think even if you could just be in the hypnotic state, so then there's the hypnotic state, which is actually hyper-focused. You're not out of awareness. You're actually hyper-focused. And I think uh, one of the differences, hypnotic work, hypnotic healing is, if you work with a hypnotist, is it's goal-oriented. So you're not going to go into meditation to kind of clear your addiction with food or anything like that. You could. But hypnotic work is while you're in the meditative state, you have a goal to clear whatever that is. Um, but yeah, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of, I'm just more and more fascinated daily about healing arts and, and how to work with the mind and and energetics. And, and I think more and more, and I'm hoping more and more that every single person learns some sort of technique to upgrade their feelings and, and thoughts and, and I think we're going in that direction. I think actually hypnotic work and, and this type of work is becoming more mainstream. And I, I think that um, people are tired of suffering. And, and I'm also another one of my biggest advocacies is that people don't have to suffer. Mm. They really don't. And do you have um, your own scripts where you take people through a journey or it all depends? Do you, uh, is it free-flowing for you depending on what you're working with? Like how do you work as a hypnotist? It's interesting. It's a bit of both. So I've been doing this for about five years now and, um, I see patterns in all humans. I know we all think we're very intelligent and we are obviously we're the most intelligent consciousness on earth and we're the most intelligent beings. That being said though, there are certain constructs of every single human. So I have a kind of strategy that I work with on my own that I've developed over the years, just seeing these patterns in the way people work. And I'll elicit that over and over and over again. That doesn't mean that people aren't individuals. Um, there are individuals that require different types of angles. Yet what I've realized that if you clear, um, so yes, I do visualization work to kind of get them into the state of mind. And then from there we do regression going into the earlier memories And I mean, there's a lot of people I don't regress to that they just require or they don't connect to it. 
So I, I tap into a different kind of technique or modality. And even though I say I'm a hypnotist, there's a lot of other things that I, I bring in as well um, from different forms of healing. So that being said, yeah, I do kind of have a strategy that I work with most people. It's a practical strategy that I have seen that works over and over and over again. And it's clearing the emotional world first. So any type of anger, depression, stress, overwhelm, anxiety, clearing those out first. And then thereby we see what's left. So for example, if someone has pain wherever in their body, if those things are removed, if the pain is still there, because oftentimes the physical ailments can find relief just by working on the emotional world. If there is still pain there, then we hyper-focus on that. We laser-focus on that. Thereby, we kind of work from the inside out. Rather than working on the symptom, which is a, a representation of what's going on in the inner world, we clear out the inner world, and then we see what's left, and that's it. And thereby, I don't see people for years and years and years. I actually see people maximum, most people maximum, two months, once a week. That's eight sessions, and we're finished. Wow. So, yeah, I've had uh, experience and, um, you know, many conversations in regards to removing the strong emotions, for example, would be anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt. And once you actually remove those emotions from the different bodies, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual, like you said, eventually these things where, uh, you know, it could be uh, a pain, it could be even anxiety, it could be whatever that may be, uh, eventually dissipates. Yes. Mm. I, I do want to go back to something we spoke about before we go. We got onto the show, which is what you were saying about I don't believe in anything that's chronic, sort of chronic stress, mm -hmm. chronic. Uh, talk us through that because I found that really fascinating and I love that thought and practice. Yeah. So I have a lot of conviction with that and sometimes people uh, get a bit uh, upset with me. Because had I said that, even a, a number of years ago when I was going through my pain and my suffering um, due to the accident, even things outside of that, um, had someone told me that I'd probably be upset with them. And I was, you know, when I went to different people and I, was, I wasn't feeling well and I wasn't feeling well consistently. And I would think to myself, you're not in my body. You don't feel my pain. You don't know. Now... Um, I don't believe in chronic. I believe that the body and the mind are communicating to you. And if you're not listening, then unfortunately you're, you will continue the pattern of pain and suffering until you listen. And now we're very fortunate to live in a day and age where we have these stunning healing modalities that are just so fascinating and, and quick and sharp. And it's interesting, even yesterday I was talking to a friend of mine that's looking for help and she was talking to me about this therapist that she's been seeing for two years and she still feels the same way, like you, you mentioned earlier. And there's people that I've seen that have been in therapy for 25 years. They still feel the same way. And the thing is, is we have these feelings. So if we could talk and talk and talk about depression, it's different than understanding that the mind is subjecting us to some sort of feeling. We feel some way in the body because the body the body has two objectives. The mind has, uh, the subconscious mind has, uh, let's say, a few objectives. To be safe, to keep us alive, and this is the subconscious mind, and to just protect us somehow. So if being depressed 
is a protective mechanism to keep us safe. Let's say staying in the corner of your room, not leaving the house is going to keep you safe from criticism, from, from harm, from threat, then that's actually safer than feeling happy. So feeling happy, although you want to feel happy, I mean, physically speaking, of course, we all want to have sustainable happiness, and I actually believe in sustainable happiness. That being said, if the subconscious mind has the motive of keeping you safe, then depression is actually the more positive thing. So we have chronic depression to keep us safe. We have chronic pain to keep us safe. That being said, we can work with that because the ultimate goal of being alive is to be safe and actually love is a big healer as well. So if you can go into the subconscious mind, <clears throat> excuse me, allow for there to be a healing in the root, in the essence of the human to feel safe, protected and loved, then they don't have to embody this anymore. They really don't. And it might sound silly and simplistic, yet that's what's being communicated. So I don't believe in chronic. I do believe, let's say a situation happens and you feel a bit sad about it, then we're human. That's normal. Emotions are completely normal and we have to kind of have them because emotions are the communicators of the, the world and the motivators of how to behave. But outside of that, no. I don't believe, and I'm a, a huge advocate of not suffering in a chronic way. Mm. And I, I have, there's a lot of research and, and quite often we talk to entrepreneurs and there's this thing where um, with the research that depression's really been stuck in the past and anxiety, yes. which is common in entrepreneurs, is being stuck in the future. And as entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. because they're constantly thinking about where to, where next, you know, um, that next thing, that next thing for them. So they're constantly thinking and living in the future, hence why there's a lot of anxiety with entrepreneurs. What are your thoughts around that? Completely. Um, as an entrepreneur myself, I can, I can understand that it's, um, it's both the most thrilling experience because you are your own person and you, you rely on yourself and that's a beautiful thing. There's the freedom in that. And obviously, of course, especially if you have a family and stuff like that, that there's the risk involved and the risk both brings uh, enjoyment and stress. That being said, um, it's also a, if it becomes chronic, then it's a problem. I don't think stress is a bad thing. I think stress is, again, another movement forward. If it's, if it's, if it's displayed and, and, and worked with in the right way, then, then stress is something that brings us forward. But that being said, again, if it's, if it's chronic and if being an entrepreneur is, is um, keeping you in a chronic state of stress, it's going to be eventually it's going to be detrimental to your health. So that also being said, if you're an entrepreneur, it's for sure a good idea to learn how to work with your mind, how to learn to work with your energy, to be able to sustainably keep your business going and not burn out because it's, it's really not healthy to be in that chronic state. Mm, so true. So as an entrepreneur, what advice would you give someone who wants to embark on a new career or a new life? I love that question. I love all these questions, by the way. Uh, great, great questions. Um, so when I became an entrepreneur, 
I went from being very cozy and comfortable. I used to work in the media. I used to, since I was a young kid, I had a knack for, I was a reporter and it was just something I did for a long time. And it was, I became very comfortable with it. And when I decided to leave what I was so used to, I, I jumped into the world of entrepreneurship uh, in the abstract world of hypnosis. So not only was I taking a leap of faith in my personal life into something that I can tell you no one in my, no one in my surroundings understood, I just started. I really just started. And my biggest advocate, advocacy in that way is just to start, just to begin. I remember that there are people that I studied with that there was hesitation, like they were building their website, which took them five months, and they were not getting out there, and and there was a lack of urgency to just get started. And I think because I actually uh, give credit to my mother for this, because I was also going to build a website with this web designer, and and she advocated for me to build this website on uh, it's Wix, mm-hmm. um, and uh, within a day my website was up, so I was in the business. And then within the week, I started networking a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and I believe that when you're a service professional, there's so many of us that people have to know you. So they have to feel you. They have to see you. So you have to get out there. So I started hustling a lot. I started getting out there. And every single person I met, would they knew who I was and what I did specifically. And I just started. And the moment I had my first client, I became a hypnotist. It was all the confirmation I needed. And then, yeah, I just, um, I got over myself. Mm, I just began. Yeah, we do get (laughs) in our own way, don't we? So during your uh, journey, what were some some of the greatest lessons that you learned along the way? (sighs) Depends which part of the journey. Personally, professionally, what do you mean? Mm, So... As an entrepreneur, as as uh, as you're going through your transformation, uh, what's maybe one of those lessons that you learned that you kind of still share with people today, for example? So, for example, sometimes for for me would be uh, you need to slow down to speed up. So it's about oh, slow I love wins that. the race. <laughs> so it's about taking my time. Whereas I remember maybe ten years ago, uh, even five years ago, it was always about going fast, 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 and there was never enough time in the day. And the fact that I I was thinking that way, I was creating my reality, and therefore what was happening was I was getting nothing done. Um, and then the moment I took my foot off the pedal and slowed down, I get more done. Completely. I love that, especially lately. Mm. I'm for sure on board with that. So, okay, a couple things. I think, well, personally, when it comes to any type of healing, um, my, my biggest thing is to never take no for an answer. I remember when I was with doctors or different people that they told me that after my accident that I should accept this as my new normal, not feeling well, feeling like I couldn't leave the house and that lightning would strike me that this will be, this is, this is it for me. So I was very stubborn about the fact that if I was 30 seconds before my accident, an independent, confident, you know, vital woman, then why after something like this would happen that, why does that have to change? So my stubbornness for getting better, I really think the belief that of course not, like this is not going to be my new reality. 
I think not being victim to what other people tell me, that's huge. I think that carried me all the way through my healing. And then, you know, I found the resources that helped me get better. And that really aligned and resonated with the fact that, yeah, of course, you're going to get better. And, I, and it's actually a firm belief I have now that when people find me, and when they come to me, I think half of their healing is the fact that I have such conviction that they're going to get better, that they, they heal. It's just I come with that potent energy, of course, you're going to get better. It's not even a thought in my mind that they're that they won't. So that's a big piece is never take no for an answer. And I think professionally speaking, focus is huge. I think that um, a one example of a, a woman a number of years ago came to me, she was a healer. And she's like, I heard you're good at business. What's your secret? And I asked her, what do you do? And she listed 15 things. And I said, Okay, but one thing, that's your main focus. And she's like, I can't I do all these things. And I said, Well, if you can't tell people what that one thing is, people are going to have no idea why to look for you. So I think you can do 15 things, but I think there needs to be an umbrella of focus. And I also think in your energy, your energy needs to be focused wholeheartedly, one foot in front of the other with that energy, and then things, things do blossom. Mm, I think that goes back down to being specific with your brand and I think yeah. it's that what's that message for you that one thing like for you I love the fact that you talk about <clears throat> upgrading your consciousness and I'd love to sort of maybe unpack that a little bit more when you're saying about upgrading in consciousness what are some of the things that you do or techniques to upgrade our consciousness I love that when I first started doing this work, it was very technique based. Someone has this type of trauma, this type of addiction. So if this is this, and then I do X, Y, Z, it was very like, very much so like math. Now, as I'm evolving as well, I'm realizing that it's way deeper than that. Um, when you overcome addictions, you overcome your base nature. These, these things that our subconscious mind are, are keeping us kind of stuck in life. You do by default, when you clean up, by default, you create more energy or more space in the, the, your consciousness for your super consciousness, which I would call maybe your higher self or your spirit or your soul or your, the piece of you that's connected to the larger puzzle. Um, when you clean up the subconscious mind, the subconscious is the connector. It's the, the connector of your, your spiritual experience to your physical experience. So if that's cleaned up, you literally create more space to have a more beautiful, super conscious life in your consciousness. So initially when I started doing this, I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. But now I have a firm realization of the fact that I'm not just quote unquote healing, you know, these addictions or this pain or helping to heal, you know, um, to frame it that way. I'm not just helping to heal. Actually, these people are going through a full on consciousness shift. And they themselves, this is actually an interesting opener to a more conscious life. Yeah, mm, I love that. I don't know if it's your tone of voice, but uh, I don't know. And I hope for our listeners they're not driving when they're listening to this podcast because it's <laughs> you've got such a really hypnotic voice, very soothing, yeah, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So, Donna, what we do as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration one word that best describes your personal brand. What would that be? 
I love that. I say trail trailblazing, trailblazing, because when I first started, no one understood me. No one believed me. I had zero support, and I just came with it with a fire, with an urgency, with conviction, because I was a product of it. And even now, when I speak, I also do a lot of um, public speaking. When I speak, there are notions that I introduce that people might not have been aware of before. And for me, I have no shame. <laughs> I, will, I will bring it to the surface. I will present maybe different ideas that seem abstract and, and not the everyday run of the mill. Um, and it's not just... Um, through my own experiences, through things I've seen hundreds of times now. And I, I bring new information oftentimes to the table. And yeah, I like to believe that a lot of the work I, I'm doing is becoming more and more innovative. Um, and so, yeah, maybe trailblazing. Mm, I love that. That's mm -hmm. That really suits you. The other thing that we do as we wrap up, uh, we always have to ask our woman of inspiration to <clears throat> pick three golden nuggets that you would like to give to our listeners. So what are those three golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today? Beautiful. Okay. Uh, okay. So I'll start with this. I feel, believe, and I've seen that all emotions are transient, even the darkest, darkest, darkest. And um, if the emotion is chronic you know, God forbid there's a serious depression or anything like that, serious darkness, you can work with your mind and your energetics and you can upgrade it. You can clear it out. So that's one thing. Emotions are transient. They're there for a reason. We can work with them. Um, energy also, another thing, energy can be mastered. Um, every day can be filled with good energy. You can really have a, a morning practice, which is something I'm actually working on now is really developing a solid morning practice. Um, I was even speaking to a client yesterday who um, was in a stressful situation, but she chose not to be stressed by the situation. And I think that is very high level thinking. Whereas why do we have to, okay, let's say a situation's uncomfortable. We are, we learn that we have to feel bad in uncomfortable situations. And that again, is a good thing. It's a warning sign. It doesn't feel good. But that being said, for example, if you're going through a stressful situation, you can choose your energy as well. Just because we know that this stressful situation is going to happen, let's say we're, we're going to have, uh, we're going through a divorce or something, obviously it doesn't feel good. 100% it doesn't feel good. But you can go into the meeting or something like that and you can choose your energy. You really can choose. So today I choose that my day is going to be good. I start it with a morning practice and then I anticipate going into this with the vibration that I pick. So that's kind of interesting too. And also <clears throat> a little bit of what we tapped into earlier that is if there's chronic illness or addiction or food issues, trauma, I think these are really, they are spiritual roadblocks that are meant to be overcome. And when you do overcome, however you overcome them with time, you know, your own inner journey, that journey is meant to bring you closer to your essence or enlightenment. So these are tools for our own spiritual growth. And if we can look at it that way, life can become a lot more beautiful.
Mm, I love those, uh, Dana. And one thing that I am curious about, well, two things actually, when you talk about energetics, is there mm-hmm. a particular technique that you uh, dabble in when you're working with energy? A couple things. Yeah, there are a couple things. I've also learned a, a number of energy healing techniques that I, I use within my hypnosis. Um so I'm also a, a spiritual student. You know, I study Kabbalistic uh, philosophy, um, a lot of different things. And technique-wise, um, yeah, there's there's a. I actually do hope no one's driving while they're listening. Uh, I can give you a little technique right now that I love to work with. It's two seconds, and um, I do this with all types of, uh, out of balance feelings. If you're feeling sad, if you're feeling anxious, if you, if you have pain. So it's a technique I I like to work with my clients that I give them as homework sometimes meaning. So let's say you have, um, uh, let's say even you have a feeling of pain in your hip. So what I do is I tell them to focus their attention there and close their eyes and just say over and over and over in their head, Um, I'm neither accepting nor rejecting the sensation. I'm just not resisting it over and over. I'm neither accepting nor rejecting the sensation. I'm just not resisting it because resistance to sensation is what creates pain when you resist it. But if you can tap into it, if you can feel into it, and if you can tell your brain you're safe, I'm neither accepting this nor rejecting this. I'm just not resisting it. What ends up happening is quite soon that feeling will just be like, okay, and it'll dissipate. So I do that for a number of things. I actually had a fever last week. I'm I'm getting over a flu. I had a fever and I did it with my fever. (laughs) I love it. Uh huh. And I, it it ended up just cooling me off, you know, because I was just sitting with it. I was like, okay, this is uncomfortable. I don't like it. I'm neither accepting it nor rejecting it. I'm just not resisting this. So that's mm, that's a, that. a little technique, yeah, I use for energetics. I love that because it's actually you're allowing it to flow through. It's when we resist it, we're creating a block and then it, that's where it be, builds up and manifests. Yes. Mm, love it. So, Dana, for our listeners, where can they find you? So my website is my name. It's uh, danapeicher.com, D-A-N-N-A, Peicher, P-Y-C-H-E-R.com. I'm on Facebook, uh, Dana Peicher. I'm on Instagram, even though I'm not the best <laughs> social media. My name is Mind Coaching. And also lately, um, because I, I sometimes have a full schedule, but lately I have uh, online self-healing courses um, under the name of Transformation Clinic. If you look me up in general, there's a 30-day transformation with hypnosis. you know, And the idea is that um, you can have self-healing and there's two courses as of right now, and there's mini courses. So the two big courses, one is for emotional eating, the other is for emotional detox, which is the stress, the depression, the anxiety. You can go through, you can do it on your own. And we have many courses of stress relief and sugar addiction um, as well. And people find beautiful relief even just doing those. So you can find me that way. You can work with me even in that way. And... Um, yeah. 
I love it, Donna. Thank you so, so much for your time, your energy. As you can tell, I am just chilled out after speaking with you. I actually think I need to have a lie down on the couch. But thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. If you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care.